listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. Now, our guest today has also been a co-host, so this is kind of challenging. Because <laughs> 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 she was ready to chime in and say her name, which you could. So our guest I, today... I just want to say live uncommon, because that's so <laughs> cool. Oh, I could have let you do that. We can re-record that. <laughs> Our guest today, Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Manor. She's the Director of Life Ministry for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Also a Managing Director for the LCMS Office of National Mission. Occasionally co-host here on the Coffee Hour for Mental Health Mondays as well. Um, The uh, LCMS Life Ministry participates in the National March for Life and State Marches for Life and and, and a lot of life-affirming events. Now, the National March for Life just happened just recently what, on the like a week 19th? ago, yeah. yeah, yeah. So on the nineteenth, you were there along with a number of other people from the LCMS mm-hmm. and thousands of other people who stand for life. Tell us a little bit about what happens at the National March for Life every year. Yeah, well, from a perspective of Lutherans and LCMS Life Ministry and all of our congregations, what we're doing when we're marching is speaking out for life. We're confessing the faith, you know, our our continual confession that has been consistent from the the time of our creation, that, that God has created every single human life, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for every single person he ever created. And so we're we're doing that. And then there's the the practical aspects of, you know, we're walking a, a two-mile path with other Lutherans, with other life-minded individuals, some of whom are Christians, others are atheists or people who, you know, might be Mormon or even Muslim. But all, all together, you know, we're, we're, we're marching and we're, we're speaking up to the um, society around us, to the, the policymakers and legislatures that um, are there in Washington, D.C. And as Lutherans, as, as we're taking this two-mile walk with you know tens of thousands of friends, <laughs> we're, we're singing hymns of the and we're, we're praying the Lord's Prayer, we're confessing the Creed. So it, it's really quite remarkable to um, be with so many people. Yeah, I was able to go to the march uh, pre-pandemic, 2019. Oh, that was like the largest one ever. There were yes. maybe half a million people, like they estimated 500,000 people at that one. It was huge. It was yeah. awesome to be able to do that. What are some of the things that happen before and after the march? Because the, the march is is one thing, but there's there's stuff that surrounds it too. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you get it. Well, at when you were there, you know, half a million people in D.C., there's a lot of stuff that can happen yeah. around there. Yeah. <laughs> so there were fewer people this year, but still a lot of events going on. And, you know, there's been a bit of a, a gr- gradual rebound from the COVID era. Mm. So in 2020, there was an actual march. But in 2021, it was a leader's march. And President Harrison was there representing all of us who couldn't go because the March for Life decided uh, we only want to have 45 people. So since you know 2021 they've added back in gradually other activities before the march for life there's an expo that's an event that has you know like booths and exhibit experience where you can engage with a whole lot of other pro-life organizations we have a presence there and and people come up and like oh lutherans you know (laughs) Uh, and we get the chance to explain to them what we believe so it's another time where we can like witness and and confess the faith but also share about some of our our programs our activities encourage christians to take some of our ideas and our programs back to their churches our congregations their church bodies and, and and implement similar 
things. But also in the expo, there's educational sessions. So in, in life ministry, we focus on some primary activities I've been talking about the the public witness, the advocating we do, but there's also education that we do, and that's present in the expo with these conference sessions where they'll talk about how is it you engage with, say, a policymaker, your you know representative or your senator, and they'll they'll speak about various laws that are are being passed in in other parts of the country, states. And there's also human care. So you know I mentioned that there's advocacy, there's education, there's human care events as well. There's interaction with pregnancy centers, and sometimes even collections of, of materials that are are given to moms who are are struggling and need some support to be able to to give life to their babies and, and parent them and and support dads as well. So all those things are going on uh, beforehand, and our beloved recognized service organization, Lutherans for Life, has a Why for Life conference. They've settled into a rhythm where they're doing that every year in Washington, D.C., which is fantastic. We've got a lot of um, Lutheran um, youth groups, uh, Lutheran schools that take busloads of kids there, and even colleges, Concordia, University of Nebraska took over 100 students this year, so that wow. was fantastic. And Why for Life has a, a following that you know, goes beyond Lutheranism. They actually have some other Christian groups that attend with them, which is great because Why for Life is really the only Christian event alongside the March for Life, the National March for Life. There's other student groups present and having different sessions and things, but, but we've got the, the faithful Lutheran content in the Why for Life conference. And then on Friday, the march is about midday. So in the morning, we have some time. And as LCMS Lutherans, we gather for the divine service at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Emmanuel and Alexandria, Virginia. And this year, President Harrison preached. He was great. And Reverend Christopher Esgit, the senior pastor there, just is a wonderful pastor and they rally the hospitality of the entire congregation and provide brunch after the divine service. So that's wonderful. And they also arrange for buses to take us to the March for Life. So it, it can be quite a lot. I mean, it's really something worth making the trip out to Washington, D.C. to do because you're going to do more than just march. You're going to learn. You're going to care for people. You're going to interact with a bunch of Lutherans and, and other people as well. Well, some significant things in matters of life in this country have changed since Sarah attended in 2019, yeah. <laughs> in, in 2022, uh, a pretty big thing changed when it comes to matters of life in this country. When it comes to how Dobbs has impacted how we regard life and particularly moving that, returning that back to the states, how has that impacted? How has that Supreme Court decision impacted what happens at the March for Life? Yeah, so the Dobbs decision that you described is what overturned Roe v. Wade. And I'm, it's interesting. I'm finding people don't necessarily recognize the, the word Dobbs as that decision. They just know Roe was overturned. And, you know, as you described, Dobbs returned the decision making about abortion and the legality of it to the legislature. And um, that means that now, currently, a lot of that's being enacted at the state level. Now, it's still possible that there could be a federal legislation. So as as people who care deeply about God's gift of life, we need to be aware of that and watchful for it. If there were ever both the House and the Senate and the executive, meaning the president, who all felt similarly that abortion should be legal, say, from conception through, all the way through birth, we could have national laws that would require all states to allow that. So that's something to be on guard about. But at the state level, 
Yeah, there's about 15 states now where abortion is illegal. And um, those states have marches for life to sort of um, keep up the, the, the vanguard, to make sure that their policymakers and the, the legislature and the governor here, you know, we are very concerned about life from conception all the way to natural death. And we want you to be aware of that in the decision making. Now, you know, if you do the math, 50 states in the U.S., 15 where abortion has some level of being illegal at some point, that means there's 35 states where abortion is still legal. And so there, the state marches for life are, again, also very important, these public witness events. And the interaction allows for people to come to the state capitol, come into the offices of the, the policymakers and the legislators, and interact with them and really share their viewpoints and help them to make the policies, the laws that reflect the the values and the desires of the people who live there, the citizens. So the state marches are really important. Oftentimes we're seeing those occur, you know, in, in the state capitol on a weekday because that's when the folks are working in their offices. Oftentimes there's a rally right outside the capitol now. At the National March for Life, there's a rally, but it occurs in the National Mall because it's hard to bring 100,000 people, you know, right in front of the the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> there's just not enough space. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> but, but at these state capitals, they, you know, they'll have the rally right out front where they can actually hear the crowds inside their buildings and they can look out and see like, oh, look, there's 5,000 people out here on our lawn and they all care about life. And so that happens. Oftentimes our LCMS churches have worship services before or after kind of just depends on on the circumstances where the nearest LCMS congregation is. But it's really proving to be quite successful in these state marches to to have the presence right right there at the Capitol. There's other, you know, regional marches and even city marches, you know, uh, counties where there's that similar type of a public witness going on. The difference usually, though, is that interaction with um, the kingdom of the left, the, the government that God has given us. Have those state marches grown in the last few years? I, I know about I knew about the Missouri one. I knew about uh, the one that would happen in Chicago. Mm-hmm. But has that presence grown? I feel like I've, I'm aware of more of them in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's it's partially that we've become more aware and they've become more well attended, but also the the coalition of pro-life organizations are being really intentional ab- about starting new ones up. Mm. So you're, you know, you're absolutely right. When I started four years ago as a director of life ministry, the LCMS was involved in, in kind of the planning and leading of three of them. Well, now we're involved in the planning and leading of, of like close to 20. Wow. And and when I say we, that's not me, right? Like it's, you know, in, in our team, it's myself and, and our fantastic manager of life ministry, Chris Freeman, and some other team members that help out, you know, more on a part-time basis. But it's all the Lutherans out in our congregations getting involved in the planning and the leading of these various state marches and the local marches, which is fantastic because that puts it, in the phrase we use, in proximity to word and sacrament ministry, in, mm-hmm. in proximity to the congregations. So, so yeah, there's there's a lot more happening than there was in, say, you know, 2019, 2020. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's going to be even more happening in the years to come. And speaking of years to come, we have more to talk about in just a little bit. Some things that are some marches that are coming up yet this year. We'll talk about that in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Showing support for KFUO is now easier than ever. You can sport a KFUO shirt, swag, or even socks by visiting our online store. Go to kfuo.org slash store and order high-quality KFUO-branded merch. You no longer need to wait for our annual share for a chance to show your KFUO spirit. Visually share and wear this ministry out in the world by checking out our selection. Every purchase helps to support our proclamation of Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Go to kfuo.org slash store. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're talking with Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Manor. She's the director of LCMS Life Ministry and doing a, a, a short recap of what uh, took place at the LCMS, I mean, at the National March for Life and some of the looking forward to some of the state marches that are coming up in the near future. I just want to go back to the National March for Life. The significance of when it happens, it happens in January every year. And that significance is really directly related to Roe versus Wade, right? Right. So Roe versus Wade, the decision came down so that the case was argued in the fall, but in January was when the Supreme Court gave the decision. And the March for Life started occurring the first year after the Roe v. Wade decision was handed down. And so this was the 51st March for Life. And it started off small. It, it was just a handful of people, but it grew over the years. The The largest National March for Life was, I think, either 2019 or 2020 with the, you know, half a million people there estimated. They have to you sort of take a, you know, pictures of the crowd and say this many people fit in this you know, square footage, so therefore we extrapolate. Now this year it was probably you know, maybe a hundred thousand, maybe a little less. We had some not great weather this year. Actually, I thought it was delightful weather, but people who don't love snow, like the locals on the East Coast, probably stayed home because they felt like it was going to be really cold. Oh. It was. It wasn't that cold though. It yeah. was. It was. You know, you just you've got to have warm gear. The, that, that's what I was going to say. The Lutherans show up ready. Oh, yeah. For cold weather. It's no surprise. are built for this. Right. It's no surprise <laughs> that it could be cold and snowy in January, in January yeah. in I mean, Washington, D.C. So, my flight was delayed because of a snowstorm in 2019. I got to stay in D.C. for an extra day or two. And my, I feel like that happens frequently. My flight was canceled last week getting there. Yeah. And so we made this quick pivot. And we're like, you know what? They rent cars one way, so we're going to drive out there. <laughs> and I have to admit, driving through the mountains of West Virginia was not my favorite because it was icy. So, oh. I mean, snow, yeah, we can handle that. Ice, ice not is, so fun. But, you know, story. it's kind of rare that it gets icy in Virginia. You know, so we didn't deal with that. But it, I, I was telling someone from California, you know, it's like walking in a winter wonderland. It was beautiful <laughs> snow. It was it was lovely. And, and President Harrison was interviewed by Fox News and, and me as well. And he was describing how his wife had packed his long underwear. And I, <laughs> you could true story. You could go out. The LCMS reposted that interview. So you can hear about President Harrison's packing list. And he was like, we're going to march no matter what. It, mm-hmm. The weather doesn't stop us. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and of course, the brightly colored hat. Yes. And the bright green. 
we are known for that now. We look like a whole bunch of green highlighters. It's that that bright of a lime green <laughs> walking around. But you know, we've got uh, some people who have bought some coats and vests and things that are green, and, and we hand out the hats and we have the bright green hymn signs that have all of the words to the hymns that President Harrison um, and the other pastors lead us in singing. So yeah, they they know us, and actually some other groups have adopted the the bright green hat because it's so easy to spot. You can see your group. You can follow you know the signs very easily. So we stick together and and have a really joyful time. Let's talk a little bit about what's coming up now that the national march has happened. There are still other marches happening. What's what's coming up? Yeah, well, so we've got a whole bunch more marches yet to go. So it used to really be that January was regarded as the life month, right? There'd be all kinds of things happening and, and conferences and events. Well, now we're stretching that out. I mean, like every month, every day is a, a life day. I mean, God creates new life every every single day. So why restrict it to January? Uh, <laughs> last weekend, we had the march in D.C. and we had one in San Francisco, even, I think, Kansas was last week. And then coming up this weekend, there's Fort Wayne, Indiana and Texas. Arizona is coming up as well. So so January, you know, there's some more marches yet to come. We're not done in January. And then yet this winter in February, there's going to be a, a state march. And then there's a, a spring season in, in March this year. You know, Easter's a little early. So mm. I think a lot of those marches are happening after Easter and into April and, and May. But you know, there'll be the Connecticut March for Life and Colorado, Illinois, and California too. Now the Dobbs decision was handed down in, in June. Uh, so there'll be some marches for life around that anniversary. And then in the fall, we already know that there's a September March for Life in New Jersey. So, you know, so we're marching for life all year round. Um, and if, because we've got a whole big variety of, of locations and, and weather, we're no longer just handing out the stocking cap, you know, warm for the beanies for the, the cold weather. We've got ball caps now and, and some headbands so that people can still get their lime green on <laughs> and march for life in the States and, you know, continue some of these traditions that we've established with having worship services and hymn signs and, and singing as we march together. Now, for people who are interested, if their state has a March for Life, is there a place that people can find information for what their state is actually doing? Yeah, there's a couple of ways you can find information or or get involved in some of that leading and and planning. You can certainly reach out to the the, the March for Life's website, which is just marchforlife.org, to see if there's something that, that they're planning with a coalition near you. And if there's not, you could reach out to them. We actually had Lutherans doing that up in New England, my former district. Hey. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they initiated, they reached out to March for Life and they're like, we want to have a Massachusetts march. You know, there's a Connecticut one. We want Massachusetts too. So, you know, we can help facilitate some of that. There's also, you know, in your state, there could be coalitions that the right to life organization of your state may have some ways to get involved. And from the perspective of the LCMS Life Ministry, whenever we hear that there is going to be a group of Lutherans participating, we post the information and publicize it on our website. So you can go to lcmslife.org. It's just all together, you know, L-C-M-S-L-I-F-E. Org. And that's where we keep the list of, we know there's going to be Lutherans gathering together. We've got a point person, you know, we're going to get you in contact with them. And here's the, you know, meeting information. Here's what's happening for, say, a worship service or, you know, a, a lunch or a brunch or something like that. So those are, you know, multiple ways you can find out what's going on and, and get involved depending on, you know, if you want to 
participate or if you want to, you know, we're always looking to, to share that information because there's a lot of Lutherans who, say, travel around the country that want to go to these marches or they might be a couple hours away and they want to go. So if you already know about one, um, you know, just reach out to us, email us and let us know. And we'll add you to the list and help with the promotion and, and all of the, the materials you need to help with that on. And you can reach out to us at our email address, lifeministry at lcms.org. Fantastic. And we'll put those links in the show notes as well, too, so people can find them easily. What other resources are available for people who want to support life in their states and communities outside of, of doing marches? Yeah. So, you know, marches for life are a part of our advocacy. And there's other ways you can advocate, you know, the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty does that at a national level, and some of our districts do that in their states. So there's you know some ideas you can get on how to advocate in the kingdom of the left for the value of, of every life that God has created. So you can find some information about how to do that on our website at lcmslife.org. And then you know, we also care for people, and a lot of people know that we had offered the Million Dollar Life Match mm-hmm. over the past, let's see, we started it in 2022, so we're you know mm-hmm. a couple years in now. And that was at first focused on the human care efforts, those mercy projects that congregations might take up to care for women, their, their children, the, the, the entire family, fathers included. And now we've expanded that to include grants that can and projects that can be written for advocacy and education as well. So that there's a lot of ways that congregations be creative and apply for a million dollar life match grant. The application period is open right now, and you can just go to lcms.org, the main LCMS website, and see all kinds of supportive information to help you think through a project or how you write a grant. And we've even dedicated a team member, our, our manager, Chris Freeman, who's willing to coach congregations and help them talk through, you know, these are the ideas we have. Is this something that's eligible? Do you have, you know, any, and so, you know, that's something we can set up either with a phone call or by emailing life ministry at lcms.org. So that's, you know, a pretty significant resource. It's a it's a matching program. So the congregation has perhaps done some fundraising or allocated some budget funds and the LCMS matches what the congregation is, is doing to help expand the work of the congregation locally. And then education-wise, we've got a lot of resources on lcmslive.org for people of all ages. Out of the grant program, what are some of the things that you've seen that have some of the creative things that the congregations have done with that grant? Oh, you know, there have been so many neat things. I think the one that I really was surprised to see was some foster and adoption care for families. We were really expecting a lot of partnering with recognized service organizations, you know, whether that's Lutheran for Li- Lutherans for Life's Word of Hope, which mm-hmm. provides care to people, or our maternity homes like Redeeming Life Outreach Ministries and a place of refuge. So we, we expected to see some of that and also the partnering locally with pregnancy resource centers. Mm-hmm. But there were some congregations who said, we want to get involved with supporting the, f- the families that are fostering children. And they work things out with agencies locally to have their congregation be a a location where they could provide meals to foster families like you know here pack up a meal and and give it to them to help uh, make things go a little easier at home on say the crazy days that you know you've got a, a bunch of kids that need to go to activities and things like that or even some of the 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 hosted visits with the biological parents between the foster child and the biological parents that the, the congregations can use their facilities to do that. So that was a really neat um, kind of project to see. There were some other, you know, 
congregations who were establishing material goods distribution. So by that, like a closet or a room where they collect um, anything from the gear, you know, to, to use with children and babies, to diapers, to, to clothing for pregnant moms. And that it was actually a, a process that longer congregations found facilitated by Swaddling Clothes, which mm-hmm. is an organization run by an LCMS pastor's wife, actually right here in St. Louis, Katie Feeney. And she's like got it down to a science and helps congregations establish this and, and establish like, what are our policies going to be? How can we reassure all of the, the people who are managing our facilities that this is going to be done responsibly and no one's going to be at risk? So that we were excited to see those because those are congregations you know, directly caring for people where they're coming in their building, they're interacting with their pastor and the people of God who you know might pray w- with the um, recipients and walk with them you know for months. So those are some of the creative, some of my, my favorite projects that we saw. That is, that's really neat. All right. So again, the websites to, to find resources and to learn more about LCMS Life Ministry. Yeah. So you'll see our resources, including our educational resources and the, the links to the Marches for Life on lcmslife.org. So that's the, the research page. And then the grant process on the main LCMS page, lcms.org. Our guest today, Deaconess Dr. Tiffany Manor. She's the Director of Life Ministry for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thanks so much for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Always a joy to be here. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.